Politics, Politics, and Life Sciences Radio, also known as PLS Radio, is a show about the interplay of life sciences and politics. PLS Radio is hosted by Dean L. Finelli, Ph.D., an intellectual property attorney in Washington, D.C., whose practice focuses on issues connected to the life sciences industry. PLS explores cutting-edge topics involving the biotech and pharma ecosystems, political and governmental policy issues affecting the biotech and pharma industries, and much more. PLS guests include scientists, business, medical professionals, media personalities, newsmakers, and political leaders. Politics and Life Sciences Radio is your place for hot topic discussions and real news in the life sciences industry. Now, it's time for Politics and Life Sciences Radio with your host, Dr. Dean L. Finelli. Good afternoon, this is Dean Finelli with Politics and Life Science Radio. Thank you for joining us where we talk about all the issues in the life science industry, as well as the politics that drive that industry. I'm very happy to have as our guest today, Mr. Andrew Lieb joining us again. Uh, Andrew is the managing partner at Lieb at Law PC in New York, where his practice focuses on litigation and regulatory compliance. Uh, Before we bring on Andrew, let's talk about what's going on in the life science industry. Nearly a third of healthcare workers in the U.S. are still not vaccinated. And this comes as the vaccine mandate uh, is really looming. The vaccine is mandated to all healthcare workers this coming January. So we'll have to see if those numbers increase or what um, hospitals will do if uh, people just decide not to get vaccinated because there is still hesitation out there. And it's unfortunate amongst healthcare workers because we do know they're on the front lines of this. So we'll have to see how this plays out. Uh, We do know that COVID-19 hospitalizations are rising. We're getting to that fall winter season where people are indoors flu season starts to kick off and uh people have been talking about public health officials have been talking about uh increases in case numbers and that's exactly what we're seeing uh over 80,000 Americans uh have on average have been infected on a daily basis over the last week uh this is an increase from where we were about a month ago uh and to put that in perspective uh the FDA has said the number they're looking for to get us back to normal is about 10,000 cases a day. So we're well over that. All of us are talking about how we get back to normal. Um, Well, certainly the number of hospitalizations, uh, the government officials are going to look at those numbers. And that's one of the numbers they're using as a barometer on whether to lift mask mandates and to enforce these vaccine mandates. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see uh, how this plays out. Uh, Another issue that's been in the news is OSHA, Uh, The president had required uh, all employers that had over 100 employees to have their employees vaccinated. Uh, OSHA said it was suspending enforcement of the government's new employer vaccine rules pending uh, some litigation. And we'll talk to Andrew about that in a few moments. Um, One interesting thing on this show, we've been talking about the Food and Drug Administration being really the gold standard when it comes to approval of vaccinations and therapeutics. Uh, and, you know, widely, I still agree with that. There's are a lot of people that are hesitant saying that the approval or excuse me, authorization of these vaccines occurred too quickly and they're still experimental. They're not safe. And 
on this show, we've talked a lot to a lot of experts and, you know, we felt that the FDA did do its diligence. There was a recent approval of an Alzheimer's drug called Aduhelm. Uh, Aduhelm is a human monoclonal antibody that was approved for Alzheimer's disease. Uh, there was a lot of controversy around this. Um, the, many people on the critical side were saying that the endpoints didn't really look like that it had a therapeutic benefit that would help people. Uh, nonetheless, uh, there's a dire need for Alzheimer's drugs. Uh, Alzheimer's drug has not been approved, uh, I believe, since the early 2000s. So this is the first approval. Unfortunately, it looks like a patient uh, in the trial recently died. Uh, so that's there's, the FDA is closely looking at those results to see if there's a causal link between that death and the administration of the, the drug. So, you know, when we look at this uh, approval, we recognize that oftentimes the FDA is making a risk-benefit analysis. And certainly, as I mentioned, there's a huge need in the Alzheimer's community. But, you know, hopefully this doesn't turn out that uh, those critics were correct and this drug was not approved or was inappropriately approved. So that's another issue that we'll be looking at. I'd like to bring on our guest on politics and life science, uh, Mr. Andrew Lieb. Andrew, as I mentioned, is the managing attorney of Lieb at Law uh, with a practice focusing on litigation and regulatory compliance. Uh, Mr. Lieb provides a wide range of legal services throughout the New York metro area on various topics, including <clears throat> including real estate brokerage, um, license law litigation, compliance, fair housing, etc. So we're very fortunate to have Andrew back with us. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. Dean, I'm thrilled to be here, my man. Well, let me jump right into it. When we, you know, a lot of people, when they heard this OSHA uh, proposal by the president, they thought he was getting a little too creative um, and just thought it was over the top. OSHA now uh, is not going to uh, enforce those, the government vaccine mandate. Um, where do you think this is going? Well, I think your last sentence isn't 100% true. It's not that OSHA is not going to enforce those vaccine mandates. They're not going to enforce them right now. And I think that's a very important distinction. And the reason why they're not going to enforce them right now is that the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals had issued a injunction preventing them from enforcing them right now. So if they were to enforce them right now, they'd be violating a court order. So it wasn't exactly an elective decision by them to not enforce them. It was the Fifth Circuit stopping them to do it and them saying we're going to comply with it. But where we're going with this is a whole nother question, Dean. I want you to know that I think we're going into a disaster. And where's the disaster? Maybe health sciences, like you say. Although I will say that we saw today that they got approved for boosters for everyone after six months. It might be on masks, like you say, but even the states like New York just reissued their mask requirements in schools. But where's the real disaster? The real disaster is that small businesses, mid-sized businesses, and large businesses are now going to be blamed, blamed by their employees for having their own vaccine mandates. So without OSHA creating uniformity, we're going to have one business put against another business with employees revolting. We need a uniform policy. I couldn't agree more. So how do you think this plays out? I mean, are we going to see continued lawsuits? You know, we're we're seeing numbers rise, but I think mentally a lot of people are like, I need to be over this. And we were looking towards 2022 as kind of all right, that light at the end of the tunnel. Let's start 2022 fresh. But it looks like cases are going up. You know, do we really need mask mandates? 
Well, I have some answers for you of each of those things. Let's start off with the mask mandates. There was a study I read, and you're the life sciences guy, but I do have a master's in public health, and I'm interested in the topic. And I read a study that said schools where they have masks have seven times lower COVID spread. So the question is, do we need mask mandates? I don't know. If you don't want to get COVID, it seems like a good idea. I'm trying to suggest to you that policy conversations and legal conversations are different conversations. The question of whether the government can do something legally is different than whether they should do it. Maybe if we have a school district that has very low spread, a mask mandate's ridiculous. But if we're in a high spread area, like we're seeing this Delta surge that we got going on right now, maybe you do need a mass mandate. Now, to know what's going on with these court cases and everything else, what we do is have to understand the federal court system and how stupid, yes, I said stupid, the Fifth Circuit's decision was. The Fifth Circuit's decision was ridiculous, idiotic, stupid. Why? Because there was multitude of lawsuits, like you just said, in all different districts going on at the same time. Now, I don't know if uh, you, you and everyone else realize, but the Fifth Circuit, the Second Circuit, the Fourth Circuit, the Seventh Circuit, they're all equal, equal. That's why we have this thing called comedy between the different courts. You can't have the same court case in different cases, in different courts, and different courts make different determinations. So if the Fifth Circuit ruled one way and the Seventh Circuit ruled another way, we got a problem. Good news. The federal court system has a solution for that. That's called multi-district litigation. And what happens is that the court system has a way to assign all these cases on a lottery to one circuit to make an ultimate decision. The Fifth Circuit knew they were going to do that. The courts did do that, but the Fifth Circuit made their decision before they did it, in plain English. Right now, we're before the Sixth Circuit, not the Fifth. And the Sixth Circuit gets the ultimate decision whether this OSHA mandate's enforceable or not. So we're in pause right now because the Fifth Circuit ruled when they shouldn't have. And now we're waiting to see what the Sixth Circuit does, which controls all the circuits in what's called multi-district litigation. So what happens if the Sixth Circuit now comes down and contrasting what the Fifth Circuit came down? So whatever the Sixth Circuit says wins. So the Sixth Circuit can override the Fifth Circuit? Or they can agree with the Fifth Circuit. Because again, the Fifth Circuit really shouldn't have made their decision. I'm going to do it one more time so we're on the same page. Let's take it away from vaccine mandates. Let's just say that on federal highways, they should have dotted lines as opposed to straight lines. People think that's stupid. They sue. They sue all across the United States. You can't have one rule in Chicago and another rule in New York and another rule in Atlanta on federal roads. So the court system has a system that says if there's multiple cases on the same topic in multiple different places, let's have one court by lottery decide it all. The Fifth Circuit knew this was happening, yet they made their decision anyway on the OSHA stuff. And now we're before the Sixth Circuit, pursuant to what's called multi-district litigation, that's going to actually be able to rule whether the OSHA vaccine mandate for businesses with 100 or more employees is going to be enforceable. And if you look in your crystal ball and, you know, how do you think the Sixth Circuit comes down on this? You ever watch the lottery? I love when you watch the lottery and you watch the balls pop up on the lottery. It I really have. tells you it's, it's good, uh, but it's good to watch. You see, the Sixth Circuit is very conservative. We know that. But you see, it's not the whole Sixth Circuit that's going to decide. Three judges from that circuit are going to be picked with those balls like the lottery. 
And based on who those judges are is going to really make a very big determination of whether we believe that the OSHA mandate is going to be enforceable. Now, I need to digress so we can all be on the same page. There's no question whether the federal government can issue a vaccine mandate. That's not before the court. People keep going, vaccine mandates are constitutional. They're unconstitutional. They're constitutional. They're unconstitutional. Since 1905, vaccine mandates have been upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court as being constitutional. The issue before the Sixth Circuit isn't whether vaccine mandates are constitutional. The issue is whether OSHA is an appropriate governmental agency, part of the executive branch, to issue a vaccine mandate. So I don't know. And then the issue becomes even more interesting to you. It's not just whether OSHA can issue a vaccine mandate. It's whether they have to go through the formal regulatory process, which they did not, or if they can issue an emergency mandate for workplace safety. They're saying we did an emergency workplace safety regulation. Now, it's a different protocol if they go through the normal regulatory process. So unwinding it all, even if the Sixth Circuit was to say this is not okay, the Biden administration, number one, could have OSHA go through the normal regulatory process, and OSHA can still do it. Or they can have another aspect, another agency, another division, department of the federal government, the executive branch, issue the vaccine mandate. This is not going to be the end of the day, no matter what the decision is. Well, lots to follow there, and certainly it'll be interesting to see how this comes out. I want to uh, shift gears a little bit. I, earlier, I talked about healthcare workers in the U.S., and there's about a third of healthcare workers who are not vaccinated. Uh, and there's this requirement uh, that has that people have to receive their final dose by January 4th. Uh, how do you think this plays out? I mean, do, are we going to continue to see lawsuits, or are we just going to see healthcare workers be fired? Because we know, you know, vaccine mandates. Uh, for healthcare workers, even with flu, there 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 are mandates. Uh, so it seems to me that you know it makes sense to have, you want your healthcare workers that are dealing with sick people, you want them to be as protected as possible. So let's force them to get a vaccine. You know, you counter that with the everyone the hysterics about this is still experimental. Uh, it's rushed, even though over seven billion doses of the vaccines have been administered globally. How do you come down on this? Uh, you know, are we just going to see our healthcare workers get fired? I mean, it seems counterproductive in my opinion. Dean, there's so much to unload in what you just said. And let's start off with the most basic of conversations here. Healthcare workers administer vaccines. They're the ones questioning the vaccines. Shouldn't this people administering science believe in the science. We're going to get into that in a second. But I want to start off with a more simplistic conversation that we have to have. And the question about whether healthcare workers can be forced to have the vaccine. One of the arguments that Abbott and Paxton made from Texas when they sued in the Fifth Circuit against OSHA's general vaccine mandate is they said it's not specific to industry. Well, Dean, you just told me there is a specific to industry where there's heightened risk for healthcare workers. So their own argument to undermine the OSHA mandate actually supports the healthcare mandate. Let's go a step further. States already have healthcare mandates. So you want to know how it's going to work out? I'll tell you how it worked out because they already did it in New York. People are going to get fired. Usually it's not fired. Usually it's furloughed and they get an opportunity to come back and get vaccines in the future, et cetera, et cetera. Then the question becomes, if they are a healthcare worker, 
what they do in healthcare. These certain healthcare workers are not frontline patient facing. And it might be reasonable if they have a disability or a sincerely held religious belief to have an accommodation that doesn't actually pose an undue hardship on the healthcare provider. Obviously, a surgical nurse has immediate access, and I don't see how we can avoid an undue hardship on the healthcare setting. Now, to really what's going on here, though, really what's going on here, I can tell you what happened in New York, and I can tell you firsthand from actually my fishing buddies, a, a surgeon at a major hospital. And what he told me is his major hospital system instituted their own vaccine mandate before the New York one became effective, so they would know what to do in advance. And I imagine that throughout the United States, hospitals that don't have state mandates are doing that now. And they're getting out in front of this so they know where we're going to go. Now, in New York, most people ended up getting vaccinated. New York City, particularly when it came to teachers, they had a teacher mandate. De Blasio showed how much of a jump in vaccination rates happened when they had the mandate. Now, some people are going to fight it. Some people aren't going to want it. Some people are going to have sincerely held religious beliefs not to get it. Some are going to have disabilities. But at the end of the day, there's going to likely be a mandate. And at the end of the day, Dean, at the end of the day, I question someone who's in the health industry that doesn't believe in the science behind the vaccine. You said it's an emergency a use, and it's not. These are full vaccine approved at this point. We're not talking about emergency use at this point. The vaccine is approved. Now, if you're going to question the science, it's a whole nother story. Andrew, thank you so much for that detailed analysis on all those issues. A lot to talk about today. Uh, it was great having you on our show. and uh, I look forward to having you again. Andrew Lee, Managing Partner at Lieb at Law. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and have a great Thanksgiving, Andrew. Dean, happy Thanksgiving. My pleasure. And I hope everyone is well and has a great turkey. I can't wait for mine. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us today. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening to Politics and Life Sciences Radio with Dr. Dean L. Finelli. For more information, check us out at facebook.com slash politics and life sciences.